I'm Sarah Vine and this is Sarah Vine's Female Half Hour from Mail Plus. I am joined this week as every week by my friend and co-host Imogen Edwards-Jones. Bonjour. Come, bonjour. 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 We've got a very exciting well, yes, show. We're very excited. <laughs> so exciting. We're very excited. We have got Candice Bushnell yes. in the booth. Oh my goodness. Um, I'm not sure Candice needs an introduction, but I'm just going to say it anyway. Go, just give her the a tiny one. The author of Sex and the City. Yes. Candice, hello. Hello. And I'm welcome. I'm thrilled to be here. I love being here at the Daily Mail. <laughs> as we walked in, I said, welcome to the dark side yes. as we walked in. Yes. yes so Candace, but, well, I mean, it's not a very glamorous booth that you're sitting in, but, you know, I, you are looking very glamorous. I, I should tell the worse. listeners that Candace has arrived in a leather miniskirt. I know, gorgeous. High well, heels and a shirt with poodles on it, which is actually just living up to all of my Candace special expectations. <laughs> but I have to say the leather is not... Real leather. Okay. It's this new pleather. fake leather. Pleather. I don't know if it's pleather. It feels like it's real leather. <laughs> and then, of course, the shoes are little Manolo slingbacks. Of course. Which mm. I did buy a few pairs in this same style with a kitten heel because you, you really can walk around in so them. So well, how many colors have you got that in then? I think I got four or five. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm wearing They're trainers. very glamorous. Imogen's wearing clogs. Are you wearing clogs? I, I no, I'm not wearing clogs. I usually <laughs> wear trainers. Oh, good. I okay. often wear trainers, but fancy ones. Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Designer trainers, naturally. Mm. Italian <laughs> trainers, as I call them. Which mm. are, you know, just not like normal trainers, but more expensive. Yes. So, it, Candace, why are you here? Tell us. Well, I've actually just stopped off to see Imogen. Yeah. <laughs> on my, I'm on my way to France, and I'm doing a cruise down the Seine which is a sort of literary cruise li- river cruise and it's their storyteller series. So I'm doing one and Gillian Flynn is doing another one. She wrote Gone Girl, just in case. Oh, yes. it, yeah. So I think it'll be interesting. Literary cruises. It sounds a bit like Death on the Nile, though, don't you think? It <laughs> sounds really exciting going up and down on, it, the, on a cruise. It does. Who's going to be alive at the end? Hopefully everybody. <laughs> I don't know. I brought my bicycle helmet. Have you? Yes, which I think is ridiculous. Why did you bring that? Because we are going to be biking. Oh. And I had a moment because I I got a new suitcase. It's huge and it weighs so much. And I realized I can fit my bike helmet in here. (laughs) I'm going to bring my bicycle helmet. How intrepid is that? How do you cope with the bicycle helmet with your blow dryer, which is fabulous? Yes. Oh, I just stick it on. It's dry shampoo. (laughs) That's hilarious. It's scrunchies. It's little clips. And, and I learned all this when I was doing my stage show. Is there still sex in the city? Because okay. I would only get my hair done maybe once or twice a week. Mm. So I had to really, I had to figure out how to keep that blow dry. Mm. Yeah. Candice, okay. so tell me a bit more about Is There Still Sex in the City, which is my favorite of all your books. And I have read all of them. Oh. <laughs> it Thank is you. It's brilliant. It's really Sex in the City. 25 years later, Mm. and I go back and look at the characters of Sex in the City, you know, the Bicycle Boys. It's really the mating and dating rituals of people in their 50s, 60s, and 70s, and you would expect it to be very different, but it's actually quite the same because Mm. people are still looking for connection. Mm. They're still looking for sex and they're still looking for companionship. But how do you research something like that? Is it personal, all those hilarious anecdotes that I kept me I, awake at night laughing? I gathered quite a few stories mm. and some of those things happened to me and 
a lot of those things happened to my friends. What was the, oh. what was the most bizarre thing that happened to you, Candace? Please tell us. <laughs> I want it to was probably the most bizarre thing was going on Tinder and meeting a guy who seemed absolutely great. And everybody said that all these guys on Tinder, you know, they're all drug addicts and they get arrested and this and that, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, sure. Sure enough, I was supposed to meet this guy. He didn't show up. And two days later, I got a long text from him saying that he was in his car and he passed out because he took some bad MDMA (laughs) and the police came and he ended up in the hospital for 48 hours. And I was just like, whatever, dude. <laughs> yeah. Also, you could just say, you just don't fancy me. Thanks. Do you know what I mean? It's like the long, longest How excuse you've ever chap? seen. It was in his 30s. So then you took the book to your stage show. That's the first time you've been on stage properly as an act. A raconteur, I think is probably what you were. Right? An actor, no. raconteur? Actor. Actor, sorry. Definitely okay, actor. an actor. I took some acting lessons, oh, voice okay. lessons. I work out, I have a microphone in my hair, I wear Spanx, I do Spanx. tech. You She's going to war. To, <laughs> you have to wear Spanx because you have a mic pack. Oh, I see. And one show when I was at New York, I had a pair of Spanx that had two pockets sewn in in the back because you have to have two mic packs in case one of them fails. Right. And then you have a microphone that's either Mm. in your hair or comes around the side Mm -hmm. of your ear. Mm. And these are things that I never thought I would do. And Mm. the first time they were like, okay, you're putting these spanks on. I was like, no, I'm not. Are you kidding? They said, you have to have a mic. I was like, I'm not going to have a mic. So you're not just sitting there telling a story. You're actually jumping around the stage. Oh, no, I'm jumping around. There's a set. There's a It's choreographed. Mm. Do you do dancing? I actually do. Mm. I do do a little bit of dancing. And my choreographer or my director is a pretty well-known Broadway choreographer, Lauren Lataro. So, mm. I mean, wow. this is a big... Oh, it's properly glamorous. So do you have are there a, other people on stage with you or is it just you and your No, own? it's just me. It's one woman show. It's not. I mean, at first when I had to be on for two hours, I was like, oh my God, what if I have to go to the bathroom? Ah, What if I have an accident? But then I realized (laughs) if I have an accident on stage, it's probably because I'm having a heart attack and I'm dead. (laughs) So that's okay. (laughs) No one cares at that stage. But you cannot ad lib. Do you get nervous before it? No. Does it ruin your day? Because it would ruin my day. Oh, yes. I'd have to yes, get, yeah. put some You, pack. yes. I mean, you, Great it's, it's, a, it's very, it's a regimented. Yeah. And it's really hard if you have to do two shows a day. Yeah. I mean, it's hard on the throat. And, you know, you can't say like, ah, uh, I don't feel like it. There's no, like, mm. I don't feel like it. And, and, and you make it so much easier. You can just sit in your pants and do that. And you don't have to wear any mm. microphones. Writing. Yes. Yes, I know. It's it's really, it's a great profession in that sense. Mm. Yes, you just wear your soft pants and, but it's also the same every time, mm. which psychologically is, that can be hard. Are you a person who likes a challenge? I guess, yes. But I just, I feel like I can do it. I mean, I make money doing it. Mm. Yeah. It's like, I'm being paid. She also mixes a Cosmo on stage. 
thing. I do, but it's not a real Cosmo. Oh, it's about Tawaska. It's a real one. It's you know. just watered-down cranberry juice. Oh, that's and, disappointing. Yeah, I <laughs> And then the champagne is ginger ale. Mm. The wine is apple juice. And someone said, like, oh, you drink so much on stage. How do you do it? I was like... It's basically water. <laughs> you do not want to be drinking on stage. You just don't. You know, I wear high heels in the show at the Daryl Roth Theater. I had like five or six costume changes on stage. Hmm. Have you seen it, Imogen? No, I haven't. I've seen I've I seen have. video I'm footage of it. Now. I'm desperate to see it too. I've seen video really... footage of it, and I've read some of the reviews, which have been all been brilliant. People and I've seen photos, love it. and I've I've seen your lovely dogs on stage. They all come on at the end. I mean, it's really fun. And I imagine it's full of lots and lots and lots of groups of women all going out for a proper top night mm. out. Uh, yes. And I imagine you get loads of people backstage asking for photos and Do you get people turning and... up dressed as you? Is it like one of those ABBA yes. shows? Do you? <laughs> yes. People wear their heels and they, they, well, they dress as, you know, Carrie Bradshaw or as one of the characters. Mm. Do you get lots of Mr. Biggs coming along? That would be nice. <laughs> no. No. Unfortunately. I never I never liked Mr. Big. I always liked the fat one who got married to the In, neurotic one. Oh, the, that the one. The bald fat one. I liked him. I thought oh, he was nice. Oh, did you? You yeah. see, you do have quite particular taste, Well, I didn't Sarah. fancy him. I just thought he was nice. I liked him. Oh, yes. I thought Mr. Big was annoying and narcissistic. And I always thought it was boring and annoying and irritating. Yes. No, I preferred Aiden, actually. I quite wanted no, to. Aiden was a bit too new manny for me. Oh, I quite like that. No, he was very handy with tools. I didn't like a new man. <laughs> Wasn't he? He was very handy with tools. My mother hated him. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> she was always like, get rid of him. I was like, Mom, it's not up to me. <laughs> I mean, it's quite interesting that you've had so many works turned into television. I mean, how much do you try and keep control over a project or do you, are you now out of force of habit, you just think, just go with it? With TV, you have to just go with it. There are so many rules and nobody has control. There's Mm. so many different factors involved and it's always, you know, a bit of a negotiation. And as the person who wrote the book, Mm. You don't have But do you look say. at things like the Just Like That reboot and think, oh, I, would, I wish I'd just done that myself because I would have done it so much better, you know? Well, you know, I'm working on my own stuff. Mm. So is there still Sex in the City that got to a certain point where it was sold to be a series in 2018? Mm-hmm. And then I worked on a script with someone. The pandemic came. She moved to Canada it fell apart, and now I'm working on it mm. again, mm. you know, with a slightly different angle. Do you think television's changed over the years? Do you think the idea of sort of I think middle-aged huge. women being on the screen, because before they never were... I think it I think, would be huge. I mean, I think it would yeah. be actually huge, because I think I think all of your fans from the 90s, who are now all sitting around like us, I would really like to see myself yeah. on screen, and also, in the way that I did in my 30s, yeah. in, you know, in Sets in the City. And, you know, we always used to have conversations about who are you? you yes. know, it's like, which one are you? What, you know, what, what are you most like? There's nothing on the TV that is me where I can see myself married. No. Because women of our age are characterised by either sad, mad. lonely divorcees. Or mad. We're mad <laughs> menopausal women with beards. Yeah. We're obsessed with our children. Yeah. Our husbands are bonking someone else and we're really upset about it. Yeah. I mean, the, the cliches are just endless. It's very boring, yeah, And so it? Yeah. it would be really nice to see a show that was about 
the sort of complexities and the nuances of being women in your 50s and 60s? Well, that's what I'm trying to do. But, you know, there's a lot of pushback mm. of not wanting to see women that mm-hmm. age. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, that's and what I was always thinking. Most yeah. of the people yeah. in TV are young. Yeah. They're in their 30s or 40s. And, you know, when you're in your 30s, you really think that 60 is ancient. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's practically dead. But there are lots of actresses now in their 50s who look great yes. and who are still working. Yes. Mm. And it's, you know, as I said, in, is there still sex in the city? 50 used to be a time when you were getting ready to retire mm. from life, from your job. And that just doesn't happen anymore. No. I mean, and that's partly because of HRT being so brilliant. <laughs> but it's also, I think, partly because women are coming up through the ranks now and we're still hanging around mm. because a lot of us now have quite important jobs. Mm. And so we're pushing that agenda yeah. much it's more It's also out of financial necessity, yes. though, as well. Yes. Because, yes. because, you know, exactly. I'd quite like to retire, frankly. Yeah. I'd quite like to. I can't retire until I'm at least 78, I worked out. I know, I know, yes. Well, but you were talking about this, Candace, the other week. and we, In fact, we did a podcast about how women are so rubbish with money. Well, it's just difficult. And it's just, it's just weird, you know, you know, I mean, what would your advice be to your 19-year-old self mm. when it comes to financial stuff? Well, you know, interestingly, because I was never married and taken care of mm. by a man that was never an option, I did end up getting married, but my husband made one-tenth of mm. what I made. So I was never in that position of relying on a man I still can't even figure out how does that work? Mm. If you are married to somebody and they have the money, do they give you money as an allowance? I mean, how embarrassing. (laughs) Um, So I've always, you know, I started earning money when I was 19 Mm. as a writer. And so I've always paid my own bills, done all of my own accounting, Mm. et cetera saved money. You know, I do own two properties, an apartment in New York Mm. and a house in Sag Harbor. And I have a retirement fund and I have saved money because Mm. I feel like that's what I've had to do. You're you're quite financially wise. I remember when we had a conversation, there was a girl who put her hand up in one of these sort of Barnes & Noble events with Mm. Candice. And they went, do you have any advice for women of my age? And you looked and went, get a pension. Yes. (laughs) I I mean, I would. That is, you know, I say this to women. It's like, get the money. Get Mm. control of your own money. Get the money and get control of your own money. And I see women in their 50s who have gotten divorced and saying, like, I never had my own checking account. Mm. It's like, what? Mm -hmm. You're 55 years old and you've never had your own checking Mm. account. So that's a very kind of scary situation to be in. Yeah, that's a sort of 1950s situation, isn't it? Yes. And, you know... There are quite a few people in that situation. mm, Yes. It's very worrying. you know, I know people who've, they've gotten divorced and they end up with Maybe it sounds like a lot of money, maybe two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars, mm. but that's for the rest of your life. That's mm. not going to last you until guess your what? That's like three dollars a month. Yeah. you mm. know, it's like you can't. I mean, and these, and I think that 
it's very easy to get yourself into a pickle. Yeah. Well, and, well, that's why lots of women in the old days used to, in the old days, still do stay married. Stay married because yes. financially it doesn't make uh, it's terrifying. That's why we all decided to work because my mother was of that generation that never worked and was trapped in a relationship that she couldn't get out of for a mm. very long time mm. because she didn't have any access to anything financial other than through her husband. Mm. And that is a, a very difficult position to be in. You have no choices and no options. Mm. Tell us a bit about the show. Was it based on the book that you wrote or...? No, I'm partly. Some of it came from the book, Is There Still Sex in the mm. City? But it's really, it's a one-woman show. Part of it is my life story, how I came to New York, how I ended up writing Sex in the City. Yeah how hard I worked to get there, why I invented Carrie Bradshaw, and what happened to me afterward. And it's very funny. People come up to me afterward and they say, oh, my God, you're so great on the stage. And who knew? And all of that kind of Because you were so young when you went to New York, weren't you? You were 19. I was very young when I went to New York. And I had quite a few adventures. Yeah. So it touches on that. But also, this show is two hours long, and you, you've learned well, it all off by heart, haven't you? It started off being two hours. Right. Then when we went to New York off-Broadway, it was an hour and a half, and then I went to the Carlisle, and now it's 75 minutes. Right. Which is seems kind of perfect. Yeah. So. I thought you wanted to be an actress years and years and years ago. Years and years and years ago, I did, but when I look back on it, I mean, I'm happy that I feel like I've spent so much time writing, so many hours and hours and hours writing fiction, which I love to do. And I'm glad that I put a lot of time into that. I mean, you're, you're I mean, writing, the thing about acting is like you've it's got, quite transient. It's transient. You know, you also maybe you're going to have to kiss people that you don't <laughs> want to, oh, and and I mean that just that yeah. always just that I've thought always, always like kind of horrifies me. Do you think you could do a nude scene? Well, I just did a bathing suit. I saw that was amazing for an internet. Campaign. Yes, you look fantastic. I was really impressed. I, She's doing a sort of what is a pink bathing suit? Are you in? I did a, a red bathing suit yeah. and then a pink yeah. one. I mean, and, wow. You know, it was all different body types. I was the old one. <laughs> okay, that's rude. Kind. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, there are you don't see. It's like yes, there is. A, there's a lot of diversity, but everybody's under 40. Uh, absolutely. They're all so under 40. So it's like, where are the people the other who are thing 50, is, is that, 60? And the other thing is, is that if you're fat mm. and under 40, it looks fine. Yes. But try being fat over 40. It does not look fine. <laughs> so all these young people who are sort of a bit on the chunky side, which is, you know, I, I'm Embracing all, I was always a bit chunky and I, I'm, it's very nice to see slightly larger ladies being celebrated. Mm. But honestly, once you get past the age of 40, it doesn't, mm. it doesn't, all, it doesn't all stop when the music does. You see, no, no, you, well, you should just keep lying down, I yes, think, really. Yes, keep very, very still. <laughs> Don't jog for I a think, drink. Candace, by writing, I mean, you have actually made your mark on the world. Mm. I mean, Sex and the City has been culturally very significant. Yes. I, are you aware of that? Do you realize that? Do you, how do you feel about it? I think it's terrific. But, I mean, it really defined... Mm a new phase in women's lives. Yeah. And this is why, you know, there's always young people finding it again because mm. there are always going to be young people who are asking those questions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people don't go from their parents' house to 
a marriage house mm. anymore, which, True. you know, yeah. until yeah. up to 50 years ago mm. or even 30 years ago, that was pretty much everyone's mm. life. Women did not have a period of time where they had careers and different partners and they explored and they found out like what they liked and who they were. Mm. You know, that didn't exist for women in the past. Mm. And now that's a very clear time in the lives of women and men. Mm. So they basically uh, went from one kitchen to another. Yes, more they or went less. from one kitchen to another. <laughs> yeah. And now we don't do that. But it's really I mean, also about I mean, women earning their own money yeah. and having choices about who they want to be with because they have access to the income stream. And what was it like when you were actually writing that column? Because that's when when you and I first met each other was you were just about to start doing Sex in the City. I mean, was it self-evident right at the very beginning that this was a game changer or was it a slow it process? No. For me, it really felt like it was a game changer. And mm. when I got that column, I knew that was my big break. And mm. I was 34. Mm. Yeah. And I had worked a long time and writing for women's magazines because back then that was pretty much the only work you could get mm. unless you went to Harvard mm. or Columbia mm. Journalism School, mm. you know, or you had parents with connections. fancy friends and yeah. connections and that mm. sort of thing. Otherwise, it was, you know, pretty much women's magazines. Mm. So I was working hard to get out of that. And then I also always thought I would be a novelist. Mm. But the truth is, I had been trying to write a column probably since I was in my early 20s, mm. because I had this idea that that would be a great way to make a living because you would, you know, as a freelance writer, regular work, yeah. you know, it's regular work. And in fact, I did briefly have a relationship column at Mademoiselle. Mm. Did you? <laughs> Yes. And it Imagine, was probably, you had a sex column, didn't I did, you, I had a sex It was probably column, yes. back in about 80, 1985. <laughs> 85. Yes. But this was 90s New York, though, it was wasn't it? It was 90s in New York. Yeah, so, so and, this was, I mean, it was, rocking. It must have been rocking. It was. Yeah. It was exciting. But, you know, the other thing is, it was very exclusive. Yeah. I mean, the world was really the opposite of what it is today. Mm. You know, it was about exclusivity, the velvet rope within the velvet rope. Mm. Yeah. And it was really about keeping people out as opposed to letting people in. <laughs> but you were moving with that really fast literary set, you know, Brett Easton and, Ellis, Jay McInerney. I mean, these were Yes, all... and that was a, a time when, you know, there was a literary set. Yes. Like, people who are writers and people in media were important. Mm. Well, I think it was also Now because, it's influences. Well, and it's, it's because it was before the internet. Mm. So, yes. So you had to be endorsed by a publisher. Yeah, now no one really cares about writers no, no, anymore. No one does. No, because everybody writer. writes. Everyone's now everybody creator. can have a blog. Mm. Everybody can write. You can self-publish. Mm -hmm. you yeah. know, so you don't have And the do you think that's a good thing or do you think it's a bad thing? <sighs> you know, I don't make a value judgment mm. on it. I, I mean, I think... What's interesting is how we earn money mm. and the internet and especially Instagram and TikTok, it comes down to, do you have that X factor mm. that's required for, I mean, I look at TikTok, I'm like, I don't get it. I don't <laughs> know why this person has 20 million followers. No, no, no. 
I completely agree. I have my son has a friend who's the same age as him, mm. seventeen, who is a TikTok influencer. Right. And she did a video where she did something and it blew up and she has millions of followers. Does she, she make money? Yeah, she got paid forty five thousand pounds to do a, a fashion shoot the other day. What? She's seventeen. Gosh. I mean, that is just See, outstanding. Well, at, the, at, at which point, painful. at which point, we may as well just give up. I mean, yeah, because yeah, I mean, she's got. Stop I mean, she's the typing, the, Candice, but, but and the, just get but, out. And well, one looks at things like that. Yeah. I mean, it's tempting, but mm. I'm but never going to have for, that many followers. My, for, is this how friends? everybody's going to make exactly. money? Though? Because like now, my son's going. Well, you know, what's the point of A levels? Point of A levels. Why don't I just you know wave my willy around on the internet or something and be a silly. You know, we're not obviously wave my willy around, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yes. Just sort of, you know, do something on the internet, blow up, and then I, you know, it's not a long term career. S- career, really, is it? I mean, you know, you're. It's also not very satisfying. I do know some children who were big influencers yeah. in their twenties, and now they're in their thirties. They find life incredibly difficult yeah. because they feel that they don't have any validation mm. other than sort of likes. Mm. And in the real world, they find it incredibly difficult because mm. also no one takes them particularly seriously, or they've really tried yeah. very hard to reinvent themselves as serious people. I think as a career, it's a not a long term thing. But you know, the other thing is, is this, like you, Candice, you know, you start at the bottom and you work your way up mm. to the top, and then you end up with a sort of wealth of experience experience and ability and that's how you change the world with a book which is what yes. you did i can remember in the 90s going home sex and city sex was the what was the show that mm. i went home to watch yeah. you know i would turn down invitations to dinner because it was sex and the city mm. and it was huge and for for women of our generation particularly i think it was a sort of antidote i think because we we're, we're sort of what 50 it, early 50s we yeah. didn't we didn't re, we were sort of in between we weren't quite feminists but we weren't well, we were all, we because, were all earning our own money, and we all yeah. actually had a career outside and we, of but we in all, a home, and we none of us were married. Yeah. So that's right. why it resonated so yes. so successfully with so many people. But you know, I mean, once you get married and you have kids, it's an entirely different game. Mm. Yeah, because uh, that's the, what I call the reproductive lifestyle, mm. Mm. and that will dominate most people's lives yeah you know but your the follow-up is there still sex in the city is absolutely Abs- genius after there, the reproductive lifestyle oh there are some so many fantastic scenes my favorite one is the party where the woman thinks she's about to get off with some 24 year old man mm. and then he basically uses her to drive him home yes <laughs> she's exactly. his mum. Yes. Yes. exactly but you know i mean you wrote that after your divorce is that right Yes, I did. I actually wrote divorces. it a couple of two divorces in this room. I know. I'm, yes, a couple. I'm, I wrote it a couple of years after. But I mean, I would say this. I see. It's easy to find sex. It's almost impossible to find a relationship. So if you're married and you're in your fifties and. You know, maybe your marriage isn't so great and you think, hey, I'm going to get divorced and I'm going to find someone better. Mm. No. Not going to happen. Wow. That is not going to happen. I hate to say it. Yes, you will maybe have a better life if you are happy to be without a partner. Mm. But I think your chances of finding a partner are very, very small. I mean, the chances of finding... If you're a woman and you're a heterosexual woman, you know, your chances of finding a heterosexual guy who's age appropriate 
Cool. Yes, apparently you've got you've got a twenty one year old boyfriend. Is this correct? <laughs> well, That's not age appropriate, I, Candace. Oh, I'm sorry. tell me about it. <laughs> tell me about well, it. I mean, very this fit. is the thing. That, Sarah and I no, love rubbing our hands, thinking, "Wow, that'd be fun." He actually he wasn't a boyfriend. He just he came up to me at a party, and I was like, "Dude." <laughs> First of all, he waved at me across the room and he was also really, really tall. <gasps> like okay. so many of these young people today, they're just... They're giants, aren't they're they? Giants. Yeah. They're giants. They're milk-fed giants. giants. And yeah. he was about 6'8". <laughs> what? Yes. Wow. Okay. And he was really, really thin. <laughs> okay. And all I could think was, mm. does he have enough money to pay for food? <laughs> To keep himself going because he's young and food is so expensive. And, he and must then I thought, eat a lot. Yes. and then I thought, oh my god, maybe I'm gonna have to pay for his food. And I was like, I, I can't afford it. <laughs> he was too so, tall. Too so slim. That was it's like owning a very big dog, basically. Yes. Yeah. Well, yes. she's got two of those. <laughs> You've got two of those already, darling. You don't need another one. I do have two big dogs, yeah. but but it was interesting talking to him because I found. And this is something that I, I don't know, but it's like younger people, they want to tell you everything about their lives, mm. where they came from, and it's all so oh. important, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I found myself sort of re-examining, you know, some things that I'd done when I was younger, some of my backstory. But then I had a 91-year-old after me. <gasps> so... Okay. It's like these Was are it the Rupert two... Murdoch? Because he it's... has just split up with his yes, wife. Is it, it Rupert be. Murdoch? No. <laughs> I wish that it was. Yes. Though. Yes. Because he's 91. I know. And he's single. I know. I'm, I'm sending no. Candace in that no. direction. It's... No. So what happened with but... the 91-year-old? Sorry, I shouldn't have interrupted. Uh, I mean, I, I just said to him, listen, I don't want to be with a 91-year-old. But oh. you know what? Now I'm rethinking that. <laughs> Do you know what? I think you should have because, taken that opportunity because he's not going to be around for much longer. Well, and, that's... Yeah, well... see, that's the tricky part. You, you just pop him in a well, home, done. You visit well, you every have, so often. But the thing is, isn't what you want really a nice sort of 42-year-old? Mm. Yes, probably one would... Maybe be. somebody who's good at sort of putting up shells and things like that. Oh, a handyman. I, I guess. I mean, I think that one wants a still some kind of a partner. Yeah. Mm. And listen, somebody who's 21 is that's ridiculous. I mean, I would never actually go out with a 21 year old, but obviously somebody at the news, at the post, <laughs> you know, heard something and put this story in. It was actually like three months later but I was like this is great there's no truth to it and I'm in the papers which is like the best place to be there's no truth but your name's out there Hooray! it's great Job done. but I actually got divorced 10 years ago mm. um, ahead of the game yeah always ahead and of then the curve. after I got divorced I really went through a period where I was at my house I had a house in Connecticut in the country. And I went up there and I really just spent so much time by myself. And I have to say, I loved it. I took up horseback riding and I just spent all of my time writing and I was really obsessed with it. And mm. and I actually loved it. I mean, there is something not being around people is means that you're not going to have a lot of stress in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Did you find it very, it was a creative period post-divorce then for you? Yes, it was a very creative period. 
and that was great. And now I'm going out more, mm. more social. I mean, I think after the pandemic, mm. really, like the last thing I want to do right now is sit down and write a book. Yeah. Because I've spent so much time alone. Mm. And it's fine, but I, I just I feel it feels like after the pandemic, maybe. now is a time to be going out, yeah, seeing people. That's well, I mean, why I love you'll doing this. a nice French show. gentleman on the, the set. <laughs> the French are awfully good at being boyfriends. Are they really? Oh, oh yes. yes. I mean, maybe the thing is the Americans are a little bit uptight sexually. American men are they uptight sexually? I don't know. I don't know many American men. Clean, but, clean. They always have to have a shower. Do they? Uh, well. Mm. In my well, well, I've I mean, had but, some experience I mean, with American men. They France. do people. They do shower a lot. They yes, do shower a lot, particularly after true. having some fun. Oh. They suddenly go, oh, "I think I need a shower quickly." And I got to say, so I was good enough when I was horizontal, but now clearly <laughs> the, I, right. I, I'm revolting you. So I must go have a shower. But honestly, oh, but you know, if you go to Italy or France and stand around long enough, someone will start chatting you up. Oh, yes. Even me, and I'm, you know. I think you'll find that maybe you're just fishing in the wrong pool, Candice. Oh, good point. Well, the reality is that it's very difficult to find somebody who's, quote, age appropriate, who mm. is in their 50s or 60s. Mm. The reality is that men in their 50s and 60s tend, when they get divorced, tend to go for somebody a younger model. Who's You're younger. totally right. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Or you know, it, it, but you know, it also there's so many. I mean, what I really, really think is that from what I see, there are a whole bunch of 50, 60, 70 year olds who are divorced, and they are free of children because the kids are grown, mm. and they are out there behaving pretty much the way they did. When I wrote the book, Sex in the oh, City. Oh, yeah, there's yeah. a lot I mean, of that it's about. Like there are the same serial monogamists. You know, there are these guys, they're attractive, they're in good shape, and they kind of date every eligible woman for about a year, a year and a half. Something happens and they go on to the next. So, mm. again, it feels like it's that same pool of people who are circulating. In your Is There Still Sex and City, you wrote a brilliant line about how women in their 50s look like they did in their 20s, but better because they all go to the gym. Yeah. They all yes. eat better food than they did. They're not eating super noodles in their pajamas mm. or eating a whole tub of Haagen-Dazs mm. or drinking litres of wine. They are all tweaked and they've got proper haircuts and they know what clothes fit them. I mean, I do think women's longevity is kind of an extended, yeah. hasn't it? I mean, because now if you're 40, you look sort of 30. If you're yeah. 55, but, you But look I always think the well, men don't age as well. 40-year-olds look like they're 25. <laughs> yeah. But the men don't age as well because mostly the men look like they've eaten a beach ball. Yes. They're, I mean, that's the, yes. the very weird thing of sort of going to these sort of summer parties and things. And you see, you see all these women looking absolutely fantastic mm. in their nice little white trousers and their pretty tops mm. and their nice... And all the men look like they're about to expire. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They're sweating, all sort of bursting out of their shirts. I mean, it's just really weird. Yeah. They haven't got the memo. No, basically. they haven't got the memo. No, and but it's there's funny. There was a report recently saying that STDs were on the rise in the over fifties because, really? because yes, that's been true for the last five years. Mm. Has it? Mm -hmm. Is that, is that all... Tinder? Is that Tinder? Well, it's you know all of the dating apps. Yeah, you but... did Tinder, didn't you? I did, but I really, I only did it for a piece. I know. A, for a piece. Yeah. And how miserable was it? 
Oh, good. Uh, I, you know, I didn't find it particularly miserable, but mm. people who are online dating a lot tend to really get burned out. Mm. Really? And yes. And also, why is that? Well, there's a lot of, I mean, before people met online, I mean, what I remember from dating was you had some good experiences, you had some bad experiences, but somehow it felt like you had more good experiences than bad experiences. Mm. Yes, there were the bad experiences, mm. the blind dates and that sort of thing. But because you were meeting people in person, you didn't go through all of that. You know, it's like you kind of got right to it. You knew mm. immediately. Well, that's the chemistry as you well, know, isn't yeah. it? Because if there's it chemistry is, yeah. or not chemistry. But online dating, you don't know that. And also, you're interacting with people who are not in your environment. Mm. I mean, that old saying of, you know, love the one you, you're with mm. is really kind of an advantage. It's an advantage to be able to find somebody who's in some way is in your environment. Within you your know, circle, as it were. In, in your mm. circle, mm. who lives someplace that's nearby. I mean, that yeah. already gives you a lot of things of that course, are... Yeah. But the internet doesn't, I mean, the, the yeah. internet distance doesn't really matter on online, does yeah. it? You can't but, get but, and people tend to have a lot yeah. of bad experiences. Yeah. Like the bad experiences outweigh the mm. good. And all that piling of bad experiences mm. tends to erode the soul. Well, that happens when you order something from Amazon, doesn't it? Because you <laughs> yes. think you're getting something really nice. And then the thing that turns up is not very no, nice. Exactly. It's and it's a bit pointing, you know. Yes. Well, thank you, Candice. That was really lovely. And I hope you have a lovely time in Paris. And I hope maybe you get a nice French gentlemen thank you yeah i've got my eyes open mm. if you enjoy listening to the half hour why not visit mailplus.co.uk subscribe slash subscribe i should say to get access to all our podcasts videos opinion pieces and more if you want to get in touch tweet us at mailplus me at westman swag or imogen at imogen ej you have been listening to the female half hour with me sarah vine imogen edwards jones thank you for listening <laughs>